Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging. Maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Let me turn your attention this evening to the book of Psalms, 119th chapter. If you'll put your thumb there and then your index finger move to the right into the New Testament to the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, Psalm 119, Galatians 5. So thankful for what the Lord did, and I want to say a public thank you to this church Um, for Sunday, our Friends and Family Day, we had an incredible number of guests that were here. We were able to give out some gift cards. I was appreciative when Brother Lopez said, we just want to tell you why we really wanted you here. We weren't trying to have any secrets there. We want people to be introduced to Jesus Christ. But the, the number of cards that were filled out on... okay. Are we okay? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay. Awesome. Um, Yes, Lord. The number of cards that were filled out on Sunday are close to um, what we had here on Easter. That's pretty amazing. And so we thank you. We thank you. Again, Sunday proved um, the amount of people here on Sunday we could not have had here if we had had one service on Sunday. Pastor Carson, why are you saying that? You say, well, yeah, there's a lot between the two. No, we, we detract, we take away all the duplicates, and it's there where we get. Why would we talk about that? It's important, we know, is what we're doing working. Is <laughs> what we're doing working. Because if not, it's kind of hard to preach back-to-back um, and all the volunteers that are showing up. But why did we do this? We tried to get more bodies, more fish in the boat. And I want to just say thank you. Thank you for working. Thank you for being kingdom-minded in this endeavor. All right, Psalm 119 and verse 130. A lot of verses in Psalms 119. (laughs) You ever want to get on to your kid, tell them, you just got to read one chapter tonight. (laughs) Okay. Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The way those words break down and the the picture illustration that's being written there is like the door of a tent. It can be interchanged with door It can be interchanged with the word revelation. It's used different ways in Scripture in the way that it's it's really translated and recorded there. But it's saying your word. Your word brings light and brings visibility. It brings understanding. We need His word in our lives. We just cannot make it without His word. So I want you to now turn to the right to Galatians chapter 5 and 
I know I'm reading several scriptures out of Galatians 5, so I'd ask you to bear with me. But I want to read from verse 16 all the way down through verse 25. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary. Everyone say contrary. They are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. The Lord lets us know I could keep going. How many know the works of the flesh can just run away? And such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right? Now, the contrast. The contrast. The critical contrast that Paul is being used to declare. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to start a new series in November coming out of our Family Month, I taught on the fruit of the Spirit in March of 2021. Um, and so it's been two and a half years ago, and on the line of teaching, I felt prompted to revisit the contrast between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Um, I'm going to do it under this, this thought, tipping the scales. This is what we're going to call this, tipping the scales. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the will of God that we have the fruit of the Spirit on display in our lives. I mean, I think more than ever before, God is sending us broken, hurting, wounded, I'm going to use a word, trapped people. And people that walk in trapped should not walk out trapped. They should be able to feast on something in this building that they cannot feast on or find anywhere else. And it should be in a group. Listen, when they come to Calvary, they should be able to gather with hundreds of people full of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. We thank you for our time here tonight. We thank you for the reading of your word. We honor the public reading of your word. 
We don't want to take it lightly that we just got to read your word out loud with so many believers. We pray against every distraction, every hindrance, every lie of the enemy. I pray that you would help me to teach tonight with wisdom and with clarity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is a battle between the flesh and the spirit at all times. Anyone in the room that thinks when you hit a certain age, you will no longer battle your flesh. Now, you might not battle your flesh at this age like you did at a previous age, but you might battle your flesh in a different work of the flesh than you did then. It's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And in order to tip the scales in favor of the spirit, we must identify and evaluate the works of the flesh. The truth for us, verse 19 says that those works are manifest. That means they're evident. How many like me, you wish they weren't so evident? They're really evident. It's hard to keep sin a secret. It plays out in our attitude. It plays out in our actions. It plays out in our conversation. And sometimes if we're not careful, we categorize sin. Well, that was a big sin. That was a little sin. That was just a little white lie. That was a necessary. It can unravel and one thing can lead to the next. But they are the choice and they are a repercussion of yielding to the flesh. Everyone in this room needs to identify that, clearly assess that, and bring that into your mind. They are a repercussion, a repercussion of yielding to the flesh. Everyone in this room, I think we understand, but we need to be reminded that as Christians, you will either yield to the Spirit or you will yield to the flesh. There is no middle ground. And to the person that thinks, well, my middle ground is I do what I want through the week. I had a pretty good leader recently tell me, I need Sunday so I can be saved. <laughs> you need more than Sunday. <laughs> you're, playing, you're playing Russian roulette. With a one day a week. Come back on Sunday, God. What happens if you get hit by a bus on Tuesday? And thank God for the grace of Sunday. But the grace of Sunday will not eliminate the consequences of Thursday. And so we have to keep ourselves obedient and walk in the Spirit. Those who manifest the works of the flesh. Verse 21, if you'll keep your Bibles open to Galatians 5 tonight, it'll help as we journey through this. Those who manifest the works of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is a huge statement, regardless of how many times we've heard it before. We're talking about making it to heaven. Being saved. Inheriting the kingdom of God and not just making it to heaven, but what is it? What are all the things, Brother Wam? What are all the things that the kingdom of God has in store for my life? I 
I want my life on earth to represent that I am a resident of glory not yet arrived. That's why we should walk with a different authority. Our prayer should represent the citizens of which country we are. Who we are, our walk, our talk, our lifestyle, we understand that. Those who manifest the works of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what are these works of the flesh? I, I don't want to spend a long time here. I think most of us know, but I do want to at least address these tonight as we get into the series on the fruit of the Spirit because it's important to see what we are contrast against. So he starts in verse 19. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. These first statements, he is addressing sexual sin. Our world is run rampant with sexual sin. But to anyone who thinks this is new, it's not new. It's just more public than ever before because of the way we have digital devices. The Greco-Roman world in which Paul was proclaiming the gospel was noted for considerable openness in sexual matters. And so we had the other early Christian evangelists especially emphasize that Conversion means a fundamental new orientation to sexual habits. MacArthur, in one of his commentaries, he's talking about this and he's, he's saying, Paul was clear, listen, when you become a Christian, you change your behavior. You walk away from these. Many remember in the Old Testament, a pretty now famous guy built a pretty now famous boat. Popular opinion left a lot of people lost. This is not about popular opinion. It wasn't in Noah's day. It shouldn't have been in Paul's day. And it cannot be in our day. It must be to rightly divide the word of truth and see what is God calling and commissioning us as believers. And it was this statement against this, this sexual sin and perversion. And we've dealt with... Um, some of these things, even in our family month with guarding. And I, I, I want to say again, thank you publicly to the Hawks and the work with our family month and the Protect Young Eyes session. Well, thank, thank you for all the hard work of lining that up. We appreciate everything that was done. How many know we have to be on guard? We have to be aware. We have to be intentional in our homes. And he goes on in Galatians 5 and 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, simulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, idolatry. Now this is a very simple and a basic statement for this group, but I, I want us to be reminded of this. Anything can become an idol. You don't need a little shrine set up in your house that you set fruit in front of. And I've been in plenty of places where that's the practice and that's the custom. You might not. You might only need a screen that's about this big. You might only need a little screen that's about. You can't even have a conversation with your wife without your mistress. Oh, how dare you. You can't even have your prayer time without your text messages invading. That's, that's solid right there. That's, it's just basic, but it's. Idolatry, we've got to guard against this. Anything that can become an idol, okay? He, he mentioned something here. I, I, I want to key in on this, witchcraft here. We think we, we see what witchcraft means. I, I want us to, um, pharmacia, yeah, 
Thank you. Pharmakia, the, uh, the Greek word that's used here, I want to point this out in the actual translation. It's an interesting word, double usage allowed here. The typical pharmaceuticals, it, it, it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit different, a little bit unique. It's not talking about using medicine. Paul's even using this in, in handling with other passages. But the context gives us this meaning that idolatry and witchcraft are placed next to each other. It originally meant the medical use of drugs, but it came to mean the abuse of drugs for poisoning instead of healing and finally taking its place in witchcraft itself. In Paul's day, drugs were used to alter the mood and the mind so that one could commune with the spirit world. One would be more open and able to contact spirits and black magic and pagan, and I, I, I don't want to go too far in that. I know we've just come through Halloween. I want to remind us here that while we're praying for revival, there is very much a group of people that are praying against and they are trying to make satanic. They're trying to infiltrate our young children. Listen, we have longtime American monuments being melted to the ground while satanic statues What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The church has got to rise to the occasion and not be silent in this hour. You've got to be honest and address what's obvious and what's taking place here. But I, I look at a crowd this size. Probably there's 100 plus people in this room that know people that cannot make it through their day without pills. I'm not talking about a back pill or a heart pill. I'm not, that's not what he's referring to here. But I know good people that want to live for God that can't really let the marijuana go. I know people, good people, by the assessing of the everyday American, good people that need to start the day with a drink and need to end the day with a drink. That's bondage. That's not freedom. That's bondage, it's not freedom. And I'm going to tell you, it holds hands with witchcraft and it holds hands with idolatry. When you got to worship the bottle, the bottle cannot free you, the pill cannot deliver you, the intoxication that, that, that has dovetailed its way into the black magic of the... We need a revival of a supernatural move of God where people are freed and liberated and delivered... And it's only going to happen when we boldly declare it's in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, through the... People are looking for answers everywhere. We better say, with his stripes, we are healed. Period. End of discussion. I thank God for every doctor. I thank God for every physician. But there's a great physician that can move on to the scene. Yeah. And, 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 this, and this mindset, and I don't want to dumb this down, but I want to be intentional about this. This mindset of, of alcoholics, and it really, when you talk about it as a sickness or an addiction, or a, there, there, there can be this, this, I understand, I've read a lot on this, I've tried to, uh, and so I don't want to be insensitive on this topic. But I will tell you, we, we need more of this old time leaning towards getting intoxicated with the Spirit of God. 
I've thought so many times about Acts chapter 2 where, where they were so entrenched and full of the Holy Ghost that they mocked them. You're full of wine. You're, you're drunk. I've wondered as a believer, how many times have I got to the place where I could even be accused of that? If we, if, our, if we have weekly services in and out where there's no even accusation, I want to be everything this book tells us we're supposed to be. I want to be everything this book says we can be. Amen? Praise God. Lift your hands with me. Just pray for a minute. I feel the stirring of the Holy Ghost. God, we want to please you. We pray against the works of the flesh. We pray against the works of the flesh. Mm. My God. Let's go on forward. Contentions, strife, discord, quarrelings. Literally just means bickering. Okay? It's the antithesis of peace. It's it's uh if I may just say something. If you're contentious, if you're content you've heard me say this before, so I'll say it this way. If you're gonna be a contentious person, be contentious in prayer. Be contentious in prayer. Please don't be willing to fight with your brother or your sister when you won't even fight hell. Contention is personified in Greek thought as the goddess Eris, a warring spirit. I don't want to, I don't want to identify with that. Do you? No one in here wants to be the the, the bickering, the backbiter, constantly fighting. You know, the other, here's the other thing, criticizing. I said, Pastor, are you coming after somebody? I'm coming after everybody. I'm coming after me and letting you listen. Okay? I'm after the guy in the mirror right now. The guy that, that if I'm not careful, I could find what, Brother Robeson, I could meet somebody and I could see what's wrong with them more than I could see what's right with them. God forgive us of that. God help us not to be that way. They walk in broken and hurting and wounded. And the first thing I want to do is judge what they look like. Uh, okay. How about jealousy? Used positively for the Lord, it can be zealous, be passionate for the Lord. But when it becomes negative, it becomes about me. It becomes about my kingdom. Jealousy says, why not me? Why, why am I not honored? If you remember, you remember uh, Michael, David's, David's wife? He's married to this girl. And, and um, David and Saul, I don't know if you know this, they had a little, <laughs> had a little trouble. Uh, she ends up going away, being given away to another man. David comes to this place in a relational value with Saul. He says, hey, I want, I want my wife back. You watch her being returned to David and the guy she's with is walking in the middle of the street. 
<laughs> Michael. Some people say her name's pronounced Michael. I'm just not comfortable saying Michael. It just, yeah, you're welcome. I, Michael's walking down, and here he is, Paltiel. How do you say his name, Paul? Paltiel. Anyway, he's walking behind. Michael, Michael. Put that now in context with the fact that David comes bringing the ark of the Lord into the city. He's dancing before the ark. She had got comfortable for people walking and longing after her. And somewhere in her heart, it turned. There was this affection that turned. That's, that's the thing that happened before she said, how glorious was the king? Dancing uncovered. When she had just left somebody who was, when you get a jealous spirit, you need to be the object of affection more than anything else. And anytime jealousy begins to usurp your hunger for the things of God, it's a dangerous place. Listen, it's a work of the flesh. How many know the Bible says he's a jealous God? He wants our praise. He wants our prayer. He wants our conversation. He wants our life, lifestyle. There's outbursts of wrath. There's dissensions. There's heresies. Dissension is division. If you're a person that, if you're a person that is ever used in dissension or division, you are absolutely outside of the fruit of the Spirit. If you're a person that, that, that is, you can be challenging. Now listen, you can be a critical thinking without being a critical person. You can have strong opinions without being a, a person of dissension. These are, I'm not talking about personalities. I'm not talking about a godly way to harness and use. Thank God we all get to be different, amen? Thank God we all get to be different. We all, we need that. That makes the body of Christ great. We've just got to make sure at the end of the day, who's getting the glory for the way I'm acting? Am I unifying or am I dividing? It's the works of the flesh. It can create division in the church. Self-seeking, heresies. Heresies, it actually it means a political spirit. We've got to guard against that. We've got to make sure that we're not trying to, uh, the way that it's used in the church and the way Paul's addressing it is I get my little group together. Why is it, it, it this shouldn't be uncomfortable. This should be okay. But it shouldn't be that what, the youth pastor's not in here. Let's pick on him. He's downstairs. <laughs> Brother Barkus, you're in here. I'm not going to pick on your, I'm, I'm going to do. Let's pick on the youth pastor. Let's say since most of us, I, I've got three kids in that youth group right now. Let's say Pastor Matthews comes up with something. Let's pick on an easy one to pick on. Let's say Pastor Matthews sets a price for something. <laughs> Where's the parents with multiple kids? You ever been there? Have been in that place? Is price for something? Biblically, what I should do if I have a question is I should call who? Pastor Matthews. That's not what the works of the flesh wants to do. Can you believe? Listen, just between us. I can't tell you how many times somebody's told me something just between us that I heard was shared with many people just between us. I was with someone the other day. This is funny. How many know you, it'll find you out? I was with someone the other day when someone texted and said, hey, I need to have a confidential conversation with you about. Now, this wasn't about me, but it's an outside thing. And the guy, and the guy said, how many people can you have this confidential conversation with? 
At some point, all you're doing is you're recruiting people onto your. Does this make sense? So what's the biblical approach? You get to vent to somebody. He gave you them in marriage. She's your help vent. I mean, help me. And vice versa. Except for when it's someone who has to be in spiritual authority in her life. You got to be careful that you don't vent to your spouse in such a way that it takes respect for authority. Come on, this is the way I was taught, and it's right. There have been, been a couple times in my life I wanted to really tell my wife about something, and I know we're one flesh, but I think I could handle it and wasn't sure she could. And there's been times she wanted to tell me something. I just didn't care. I just, because we process different. But the, but the divisive way to do it is, I'm going to go talk to, I'm going to go talk to Brother Houck, and then I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to Brother Crabtree, and then, Brother Rich, I, if, here's the deal. If I can get five, six, seven people, then, then what I can do is I'll finally get to somebody who I think is a little bit more usable than me, and I'll say, you should say something about that. I finally feel like I can get Brother Titus. I get your air bent just right. I'll get to a place, and I, I'll, I'll say something like, and I, you know, I think a guy of your education could say, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if I would say anything, but I think maybe you, you could say. You know what I'm saying? Be the sacrificial lamb. Would you? What am I doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. If I'm not careful, I'm causing strife. And I'm causing division. Pastor, is this stuff happening in every church all over the world? We're not an anomaly. We're people. These are the works of the flesh. They're the works of the flesh. And they make themselves manifest. So we have to daily say, God, if there be anything in me. If you're at a place even worth one of some of what I'm saying right now and you're like, I don't like that. Brother Turner, you might be at a place, somebody in the room might be thinking, I, I don't know, I don't really agree with that. The Bible would say then repent. That's what the Bible would say. Repent. If you're offended at the word, repent. God, search my heart. Search my mind and help me. Because if I'm going to bear the fruit of the Spirit, then the works of the flesh cannot be choking it out. Amen? All right, let's move forward. Envy. I think you get what envy is. I took too long on that other one. Let's get down to Galatians 5, 21. Murders, drunkenness, reveling. Let me just say this one, one last part of this. In regards to how important it is that we keep unity in the church, Paul sandwiched unity killers between drug abuse and murder. <laughs> Pretty important. And when I say Paul, I mean as the Holy Ghost moved upon him. The Holy Ghost said, you better put this in there as the works of the flesh. And it inspired the writing there. Murders, drunkenness, revel actually murder, alcohol, wild parties. Christians should not participate in un- Godly activities, okay? I don't care whose wedding it is. You don't drink. You don't get on the dance floor and shh. 
Everybody say, be my pastor for a minute. You didn't all say it, but that was enough. I don't care if it's your nephew or your niece or your what. You got to be you regardless of the geography. Well, my brother was going to be offended if I did. Brother or God? Yeah, my sister was going to think I was a real stick in the mud if I didn't get out there and do the jitterbug with everybody. Listen, A, you can't dance anyway. B, B, God forbid that you are more convicted to dance at that wedding and you haven't danced at church in the last... If you want to dance somewhere, we got a pretty big dance floor. Every Sunday, it's open invitation. Get drunk on that new wine. Come down here. Cut a rug in the church. But let's not be different out We're not, we're not of the world. There it is. I feel, I feel that divide from some too. Some people, there it is. There's the thing. There's the rules. It's a good rule. I promise you, you don't want those Instagram pictures. You don't want to be tagged on that in Facebook. You know how many people that thought they got away with something? They got tagged on Facebook, and then they had to try to unclick it. You feel the nervous laughter? It was them. I didn't think anybody would know, or I didn't think... I can't tell you how many people have come to me when I never even saw anything and wouldn't have said anything. You got, it's got to be real serious. I said this a long time ago. I'm never chasing down Facebook. If somebody takes a, a verbal shot on Facebook, that is like the lowest form of community. Sorry, no offense. I, I, I have people every now and then that will send me and say, did you see this? Don't care. Just don't care. If, if, if your platform is Facebook, whatever. That's... Honestly, you and every 14-year-old with an account. That's, it's no, if I'm being a little too sharp, I don't mean it to be sharp other than I'm trying to help you know that what you post on Facebook, if it's negative, typically it does more to hurt your character than to help your, it really does. It does more to turn people, people's minds are turned towards you. And every now and then somebody will post something and then some righteous warrior will come back. You're fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Be kind, be kind, be kind, be kind, no matter what the situation. But I've had people come to me before and they've said, listen, pastor, you probably saw the picture. And I just kind of stand there like, hmm. You see how long they'll talk. I've, <laughs> okay, maybe I shouldn't give all these secrets. Um, We need to get to a place where the works of the flesh are not choking out the fruit of the Spirit. How many want to be right before the Lord? You do. You want to be right before the Lord. If I was given this a different title, I would have said, I, I, I gave a few different titles for this series, and one of them was, Don't Fall This Fall. We get in this place where we're in such a consumer-driven world, and and, and, and we've got all this hysteria over our holidays and our Thanksgiving. And let's make sure that through this month of November with Thanksgiving, it's, 
It's more about giving thanks to God than just stuffing ourselves with food. You know, one of the most out of control things that we deal with is our addiction to food. That was a shockwave in the room too for some right there. Like, go back to talking about drinking. I'm good with the <laughs> drinking conversation. If you get on Little Debbie's, I'm out of here. I'm out of. <laughs> I can't be yielding to my flesh constantly and at all times. And I've, I've got to learn. I've got to ask myself, is my daily devotion, is my repentant lifestyle, is my prayer, is my fasting, is my time in this word, if the entrance of thy word bringeth light and bringeth revelation, am I living or am I asking God to live in a dark temple? I need that word to open that door. So we talk about the fruit of the Spirit in our last 10 minutes before we conclude tonight. I just want to try to touch the first two. I want to try quickly to discuss love and joy. How do we avoid the works of the flesh? We must seek God, walk in that repentant lifestyle, full of the Holy Ghost to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Had a great meeting today with someone, and I told them these words that I tell this entire congregation. It doesn't matter how good you are. You need, in fact, you must have the Holy Ghost. You must have the Holy Ghost. It will give you power. Harold Cohn, Adventures in Insight, rooted in silence. You find this statement, all great things have their roots in silence and life's most important business is undertaken in quietness. Perhaps this is a chief difference between people of inner culture and those without it. A man of great inner development does not need to live in a dither of outward activity to distract him from the unpleasantness of his inner emptiness. A small cup, only a quarter full of water can be shaken until it makes a big splash, but holds still and its near emptiness is revealed. Is this generation's fussy activism a substitute for awareness of what we are and what we ought to be? Are we keeping so busy that so we can avoid some sense of self-discovery? If we want to discover our real inner needs, if we want to know what we really are really like, if we want God's fullness to replace our emptiness, we must learn to bring a daily halt to our frenzied activity and hold still for a while. The great matters of life may blossom in activity, but they are rooted in silence. Pastor, what are you reading that for? Because it will be hard to evaluate how empty you are until you give God enough time to help you do the evaluating. Because if you think getting everything you have in your Amazon wish list will bring true joy, or if you think getting your kids everything on theirs will bring true joy to them, how many know that we're sadly mistaken? A home this season that's full of empty thanksgiving or even full of presence but not full of God's presence is still going to be 
woefully mismanaged. As fruit grows, it matures and there are processes taking place beneath the surface. They're working quietly, but they're working powerfully. In every life of every person in this room, there should be a quiet but important maturation process that is consistently working. It's helping us, helping us not to say the things we might have said a year ago, not to do the things we might have given into to do a year ago, producing, producing. At some point we have to go past the bud of the flower and into the production of the fruit of the Spirit. It's a maturing process that happens in the deep and the dark place. It is what the Spirit of God produces in us. And I thank God, if you're a bookworm, read every book that you can. Check the publisher. Make sure you know a little something about the author, but still, read, read, consume. If you're one of those documentary people, watch that documentary. Get whatever, but make sure of this, that you know the books you read will never substitute for this one, and the documentaries you read will never... I don't care how vicariously you want to live through some documentary of someone else's life unless you get this right between you and him. You will never feel true and genuine fulfillment. You, yes, you, every person of every age in this room, you are meant to have the fruit of the Spirit on display in your life. But please know these are not natural attributes. They are spiritual attributes. These are not because you're a talented writer or because you have a PhD. These are not because you grew up on the right or the wrong side of the tracks. These are not because you're a great public speaker. These are not because you're incredible as a cook. We need all those things. But those are not your spiritual fruit. Your spiritual fruit can only be developed because of the power of the Holy Ghost. The Greek word used for fruit, it's singular. It's not plural, it's singular. Showing the unity of these individual characteristics. Consider it like a bunch of grapes or uh, the segments within an orange, the way that they work together. It's a sense of unity, okay? They're not like the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are different. I hope to get there uh, in 2024. We're going to spend a little time on the gifts of the Spirit Here's what I will tell you. It's hard for people to receive the gifts of the Spirit if you don't bear the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have gentleness, meekness, temperance. You don't have those things, but you want to operate in your gift. I'll tell you what most people want you to do is take a hike with your gift. They don't even feel like you have love. How can you have a gift? Is that too practical? That's just, that's just the truth. Some people, we don't, we, we, well, I've got a couple of the gifts. I got joy. I don't have that. I don't have that gentleness. I ain't, I don't, I don't have. It's not how that works. Like the gifts of the Spirit, where maybe you have a gift, but you don't have another one. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, these are things the Spirit is developing in every person. You say, well, I don't have this. Well, then you need to let the Spirit, and I need to let the Spirit work on this. A lack of fruit is an indication that my soil needs some work. The roots need some work. I need to make sure that I do that. So let's, let's go to love. Greek, agape, affection, goodwill, love that's based on sincere recognition of value, the love. There are four Greek, 
uh, words used for love, three used in the New Testament. Of the four, agape is the highest expression of love. It's what's utilized here in Galatians chapter 5. Used to refer to divine love. The Christian form of this word means unconquerable benevolence. Remember what I was talking about early on the don't judge first, be critical first, but love first? God is love. God is love. What is the greatest commandment? Love Him with what? All of it. What's the second? Love your neighbor. Don't tell me you're a Christian but not loving. Now you might not, listen, I don't mean you're mushy. I'm not asking you if you can be the hallmark version of love. There are people in this room that when you go to Hallmark, you try to pick out a card and you're the person that reads 37 cards. There are other people in this room, one card because you like the picture. And you love them. <laughs> okay. God's not expecting you to be a different version of you, but He is expecting you to let His Spirit work and bear fruit through you. 1 John 4, 8 and 9, he who does not have love does not know God, for God is love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Paul's estimate of the importance of love in the Christian life may be gauged by the following considerations. Ephesians 5 and 2, walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us. Colossians 3 and 14, above all these things, put on love. Love, love, love. Love never fails. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Many, many theologians believe that love led as the all-encompassing part of all things that would be listed there. Love. If we have all these things and have not charity, if we have not love, a church without love is no church. A Christian without love is no Christian. And joy. I conclude with this. Greek, the chara, gladness. Specifically referring to the source of joy. It's the virtue in the Christian life corresponding to the secular concept of happiness. Happiness is not the same as joy. Please, please, please. We've got to get this. We've got this watered down version of joy. I'm not happy. Okay. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is persistent. You can have joy even when you had a bad day. Joy is salvific in nature. You know. Brother Norman, you said up here, you felt some heaviness. How can we have heaviness and issues of life and still have joy? How is that possible? We know where our help comes from. We hope, how, how can we get up and talk about hope at a funeral? Because we, we're not living as those who do not know of our future. And most importantly, our eternity. So joy is critical in its true understanding. It is not the joy that comes from earthly things. This is so critical going into this holiday season. It is not joy from earthly things, still less from triumphing over someone else in competition. I got joy, I got first place. No, you're happy. That's not joy. Joy is knowing that your name is written down. 
How? How is it possible that I have stood too many times at the deathbed of someone close to me or a saint of God or a family? How is it possible that I have held hands at dying breath time and time again where they looked at me and told me, but he is a good God. You know how many, so many in this room we could pass a mic around tonight and you could tell about people close to you that with their last breaths they told you these words, I'm ready to see him. I'm ready to see him. I'm What's that come from? That's eternal, not temporal. Fruit of the Spirit is joy. You know what our world needs? Our world needs to know that it can live for more than tomorrow. If the stock market crashes, if war erupts, If our government implodes, Pastor, don't, 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 don't say those things. Our joy is not tied to the temporal, whether it's as small as a gift or whether it's as large as a financial breakdown. If joy could not continue, it would have never made it through the dark ages. It never would have made it through the Great Depression. It never, but joy has persisted because joy is rooted in the eternal value that there is a God and His name is Jesus and there is going to be a church and I am going to be a part of it. So in a world that is drinking and drugging and working its way on all kinds of frenzied online relationships and back alley adventures into some type of happiness looking for something to get away from the reality of the world. I'm turning my attention towards the realities of another world, a higher call, a, 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 a eternal longing for the things of God. So joy, does that mean that as a part of the fruit of the Spirit, every day you're gonna be on cloud nine? No! Don't let anybody ever make you feel bad that you've had a bad day. Well, if you were really a believer, well, if you'd really get out of my face. I know what you're thinking. I felt that. I felt that right there. And you got to watch that because that's the work of the flesh. Stand with me. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth I long to be all through from her to glory I own to be. Can we sing it one more time? Real easy. Everybody in the house sing. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. <laughs> On earth I long to be like Him. All through life's journey. From her to glory, hmm. I own Lord.
Lord, we love you. We turn that song into our prayer right now. Help us to be like you. We're, we're just normal, just wrapped in flesh. So many people here on this Wednesday night, God, they're trying so hard. We're, we're trying. There's obstacles of life. There's circumstance. There's, there's the frailty of humanity and the works of the flesh at every corner. Help us, oh God, that the fruit of the Spirit might be on display in our life. Thank you for loving us. If there's any work of the flesh that's been working on us or through us, we repent of it right now. On a Wednesday night, not needing a sun, on a Wednesday night, we say, God, we don't want the works of the flesh to rule in any way in our life. We want the fruit of the Spirit to be on display. We want to please you. Somebody tell him that. Even just in your own words, your own language, some will sound more mature than others. It doesn't matter what you, just tell him that you want to please him, that you want the fruit of the Spirit to be on display in your life. God, let it be so. Let it be so. If I'm going to be like you, I've got to, I've got to have love. I've got to be loving. That's got, got to be at work in my life. I don't want my family thinking I'm grouchy. I don't want my family thinking I'm mean. I don't want people I meet to, to wonder whether I've really got the love of God. If I'm always talking negative or critical or God, let, I, I want to have the joy of eternal salvation. I want to have that joy that's rooted and founded in you. Help me, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Our goal this month is to tip the scales. My assignment to you between this Wednesday and next Wednesday, for those that don't want to do this, don't like homework, um, I'm going to ask you to anyway. I'm going to ask you weekly to spend just a little time reading through Galatians 5. I want you to see where the footnotes take you. See where the coordinating verses take you. Be great maybe to take that love and you work through your scripture a little bit. and Maybe you highlight love in yellow and work through the, the book put a couple notes on your own and you get some yellow highlighting on some other places where you see the love of God on display. Here's what I do know. It is hard to live out what I do not examine. It's hard to live out a truth that I do not allow. I've got to allow it in me before I can allow it to work through me.